Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. You finally made it. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialIneptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? It depends on what we're talking about <laughs> and which segment of the show we're in. <laughs> Getting real close to the end of that month. <laughs> Sometimes I'm mad. Sometimes I'm sad. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Well, we'll get there. I can't wait for that thrill ride of emotion. Mm-hmm. Come on to the shop with us today, <laughs> folks. Come on in. Relax. Rage against the, the market machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing those ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out uh, our knowledge or resource centers on financialineptitude.com. You can give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description. That's the best place to be is come hang out on our free Discord server. Free! Free! Yay! We get on there every day with a bunch of amazing, awesome people in the shop. It's it's just a great place to be. We're sharing all sorts of stock stuff, just fun stuff, being supportive of each other. Uh, there's no paid tiers, special access areas. Just great place to be. And and Kyle, what are they? What happens when they do join that server? Is there anything? They're just done. That's it. That's it. They're just done. Then they lurk and look at content. And, no, no. <laughs> they <laughs> they send me provide. a message with their mailing address. We will send them some smash it yourself. Well, they're not all smashable. Well, you can try to smash a t-shirt. You can try. <laughs> some smashable <laughs> swag. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Straight from the shop. Well, we're just really glad everybody's here and you made it. We have a lot of fun and it's always better here with friends. So thank you for showing up. Mm-hmm. And Kyle, that brings us to show news. Oh, that's my turn. Yeah. We just finished recording with Anthony Fatsies. That episode is going to be released on Wednesday. It's always fun to talk to. Yes. It was a fun conversation too. It kind of went all over the place. Yeah. I, I, it gets better and better. Yeah. I'm sure some stuff is pertinent. <laughs> yeah. Um, after that, we'll be recording with uh, Order Flow Labs, uh, Leo and Flurry on Monday. So if you have any suggestions for questions you want us to ask, uh, if you jump into the Discord, we have a channel dedicated for that under the upcoming guests. After that, we'll have Harold Vanderlind, who is the expert on Asian markets, and Derek Oldensmith, uh, another educator and trader. Really excited to talk to. Yes, a uh, very, very high stature man in the investing world. Just from Googling his name, I, I was a little intimidated. Yeah, <laughs> got some pretty good guests he's coming like, up. He's coming to talk to us. Yeah. What am I going to say to this man? I hope he's not. Uh, hello. Hi, me, Dan. Talk, please. Oh, hopefully he's not taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> like, These fucking clowns. <laughs> Who booked this interview? <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to all of that. I am too. But until then, we got to think about today. And Mm -hmm. today, we have a 
decisive, decorous. Well, decorous? Yes, it's well-decorated. Dedicated episode for you today. (laughs) Plenty of stocks on the radar. Market moving news and more options than a horny dog in a mannequin leg factory. They they make the legs separate? Yeah, yeah. You got like the arm factory, the leg factory, and they then they ship them all and, you know, assemble them at the store, I'm assuming. This isn't like that Twix commercial where they make left and right Twix separately. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do them all together. <laughs> but still, the joke stands. The joke makes sense on the surface, and therefore I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, reach out to us, folks. We love and adore your messages and comments on Twitter, Facebook, on Discord, which we have the link for in the episode description. If you are old school, you can send us an email to the number two bulls. That's two bulls at financialneptitude.com. You can give us a phone call. 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you're a best-selling author whose sister has been kidnapped and you need to fly down to South America and rescue her with help from a swarthy, sexy jungle band. (laughs) Michael Douglas. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In his prime. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. This is before all the cunnilingus gave him cancer. Yeah, that's such a weird... No, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, We don't have time. <laughs> no, no time to get into Cunnilingus, Dan. To the markets! <laughs> oh, that brings us to the bet results. God damn oh, it. God damn. Okay, maybe we have some time after all. <laughs> uh, I think you get to go first, Dan. Yeah, my bet pick was CNC, which is a healthcare company, Centene Corporation. They opened the week. Nah, they were doing all right the first day. Then they, they started to drop second day, even though. Anyway, long story short, they released news that they're replacing their CEO. And then this stock gapped down below my stop. Yeah, they uh, did not like the CEO replacement, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Not, lo- not looking good. Definitely some lower lows and lower highs going on after the all-time high run Yeah, on these daily candles. So, brought my bet total down from 485 to $470. I went with Sabre, S-A-B-R. Uh, they opened the week at 1062 and we're starting to look pretty good until they just kind of didn't. Until they didn't. <laughs> uh, they still made a little bit. It closed at 1075. My total, I think I made about six bucks. I'm at 465.22 now. But uh, I mean, looking at Sabre, it still looks like it's in the, that pennant. It just didn't, uh, didn't quite break out from it yet. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to hold it another week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Although, I don't know. Volume looks like trash. That's, uh, that's why I'm like, yeah, pick, pick that one, man. <laughs> You're doing just fine, buddy. Dan, we're, we both uh, need to figure out a strategy to get back at random. It might require a side bet or something. As random, uh, it didn't really do anything, but it's still sitting in such a lead. I mean, it went with MUSA, opened at 194.91, closed at 194.57. So random lost a dollar. It went, from, <laughs> went to 573.55. So oh. yeah, we might we gotta figure something out here to, to flip the, the tide here. Penny stocks, uh, short Tesla, what are all the I mean meme stocks are kind of coming back. Because of tax returns. Yeah. We'll we'll definitely be talking about that later, this fucking meme surge. Goddamn pot <laughs> stocks. Anyhow. All right. <laughs> Let's uh we'll be we'll be wrapping up March's bets at the end of the episode. St- stick around. We we both gotta try and come up with something beautiful. We'll see. Not looking good. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about some news. You're done. 
Dow drops deep on moving inflation COVID frustration, war damnation We're just bringing you the fucking news You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose We're just skip-skip-tubles Trading information Rioters raiding, insider trading Taxes are raising, bills on the hill We got a crypto mill, no they ain't growing weed When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need Sing it, man Tuples trading information What? Tuples trading information I'm inclined to agree Tuples trading information That is accurate Very accurate Love that new song yeah, I've gotten I've gotten some compliments on that one in person, so you know, feeling pretty good about it. Oh, really? Occasionally, I talk to people in person that listen to the show. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Did we give a shout out to the to Laura for helping write the lyrics on that? I don't think we ever did. Oh yeah, yeah, those were based on uh, Laura's lyrics for sure. It's a team effort here in the shop. Thank you, we- Laura. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> what stories you got for me, Kyle? I know you, you got some big ones, or if you wanted me to lead off. Well, I think you actually have the bigger stories. I just have more talk about general markets. Oh, I thought mine were talking about general markets. No, you got stuff about the war. Yeah, uh, the the big big thing that that uh, caught my eye, and and apologies for continuing to talk about Ukraine and the war, but it's continuing to be relevant. So we got to keep talking about it. It's still important. It's still important. It seems that the EU and the US are working on plans to immediately reduce the dependency on Russian natural gas as fast as possible. This is for Europe, right? Yeah. 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 They rely on, on Moscow for 40% of the natural gas they use. So it's seen as a bit of a liability with Russian aggression. So (laughs) yeah, you would think. I don't know. Can people separate their their war ambitions from their commerce? (laughs) From their financial ambitions? I don't know. Let's get Putin on the show and talk to him about it. I don't think I would actually like to talk to him. (laughs) I really don't want to be a target of this KGB. You, you you don't want him to be aware that you exist. <laughs> I would prefer that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you. You can have that one. Take that, Putin. Kyle doesn't want to be your friend. Ah. No, nah, not really. So I guess this plan that they're cooking up, the US and the, the AP article said a few like-minded partners. So whatever the fuck that means, I don't know. Don't don't worry. Other people are on board too. It's not just us. Uh, we're going to increase our exports of liquefied natural gas to Europe by uh, 15 billion cubic meters this year. Uh, and, and then and then going forward, triple that amount. So I guess it looks like the US is going to be taking over the Russian natural gas market in Europe. They hope to be completely done with Russian imports in five years. So uh, that's going to involve a lot of big investments to get the liquefied natural gas to Europe. Uh, export facilities are already operating at capacity, and most of the new terminals that they have are still only in planning stages. So so even if uh, uh, we can ship more, even if we have more gas to ship, it's it's a struggle with our export sil- facilities, and it's going to be a struggle with their import facilities because we're already operating capacity with our export facilities. Right. That's what, exactly what I was thinking. I mean, like, there's already backed up, you know, cargo ships out in the major ports. Like, 
adding to that is not really going to help ease that supply chain crisis that's going on. <laughs> not going to help, right? Right. <laughs> and then, but the, the other problem is too, like we get it to Europe. They don't have the infrastructure set up to distribute it through Europe because it's all set up to come from the other way. It's all set up for that pipeline. So you need storage tanks and a bunch of other shit, right? Yeah. So this isn't something that's happening anytime soon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess the German chancellor, Olaf Scholz, has already said like an immediate embargo through energy sanctions would cost thousands of jobs leaving and leave schools and homes unheated. So, yeah. Uh, and, and they're still at the point where they're trying to replenish the gas reserves that were depleted last winter. So while a big <laughs> flashy headline, but uh, no immediate thing that can be done. This is like, uh, like who we're talking to that was saying like China wanted to bump up their purchases of russian stuff like they're already strapped like they, there's no more room to like buy more yeah i think that was eric wasn't it eric mason eric mason yeah yeah i do like the idea of of uh us taking over their business just as just like a, a economic financial standpoint like we won that customer yay that's that's good for us i think I and mean, that's kind of what it is i mean that's going to be a big hit to russian economy down the road. I mean, the, like the, the things that are happening right now, the effects aren't going to be fully felt for years. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, it's good to see we're playing the long game at least. What a weird set of consequences from this Ukraine war. <laughs> that kind of ties into the other one. The other story about uh, the Russian gold. Yes. Uh, the sanctions have stepped up. Russian gold is now on the list. They're doing everything they can. I should say the U.S. and allies announced further sanctions targeting the defense, Russia's defense sector, among others, and they blocked financial transactions involving the Russian central bank's international reserves of gold. So they're they're literally wow. throwing down the gauntlet. I didn't know you could do that. Me neither. <laughs> like I thought that was the whole reason for getting gold was to try to. Yeah. You can always sell it, right? There's always somebody gonna buy that gold, right? Gold dealers, distributors, wholesalers, buyers, financial institutions are now barred from buying, selling, or facilitating gold-related transactions involving Russia and any other sanctioned parties. Wow. I don't know how that's going to be enforced, but my, my first thought is gold supply just got smaller in a big way. Well, uh, either that or <laughs> they're going to have to start forging mint stamps, right? This is fine North Korea gold. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> All right, you ready to talk about some markets? Sure. What do you got? I think one of the questions that we've all had is why is the stock market still going up even though the Federal Reserve has been like super hawkish or more hawkish than it's ever been? Yeah. You know, we've, yeah. we've raised rates for the first time since 2018. And now we've got other members coming up and saying like they're supporting, you know, more aggressive rate hikes to try to combat inflation. Mm -hmm. Powell on Monday made clear the Fed is ready to deliver 50 basis point rate hikes, something that hasn't been done since 2000 in coming policy meetings, if necessary, to fight inflation. Uh, he said the equity rally is of clear interest, and we see in the NASDAQ there's solid support below 14,000, even as the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield continues to surge well above 2% and threatens to break its multi-decade downtrend. Uh, we should consider why equities don't get smoked. So basically what they're saying is that even though the Fed is uh, potentially bringing out the big guns and using forward guidance to set the scene, this may be welcomed by the equity mar market. Uh, who is this guy? This is Chris Weston, head of research at uh, Pepperstone. He's uh, thinking that investors have basically weighed up the outlook and feel that a credible Fed is a strong Fed and higher rates are better than entrenched inflation. So yeah, the market is actually getting happy that 
he's surmising that people are happy that uh, the the interest rates are being raised to fight inflation and that inflation is being taken seriously is kind of the way I'm reading this. Wow. I am not on board with dumping money into the market because they're finally taking the first steps to fight inflation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then that's the, uh, the other story that caught my eye and there was just kind of a snippet in here was talking about where all the money is in right now. Um, There's not been much, who is this fed president, John Williams on Friday uh, after he said he'd support a half point move, it justified, but he indicated it's premature to make a call on the size of the future rate increase. Uh, he said that there's not been much positive news to report, and yet the S&P has rallied back 6%, led by the highest beta and most speculative parts of the market. Not sure what this tells you, other than your typical active investors are probably sidelined. And then the other uh, tidbit in here was China internet and meme stock baskets are both up 20%, while profitless tech, bas- tech baskets are up nearly 15 and 30% off of the lows from last week. And Bitcoin is the best performing macro asset. I mean, <laughs> wow. Uh, I got to figure out who's actually saying that. This is Stefan Eines, managing partner at SPI Asset Management. With the fact of Bitcoin being the best performing macro asset, he's speculating that Twitter is in control. So what that tells me is that all of this rally is on the backs of retail investors. Yeah, and we've been talking about on the Discord all week that the volume on this rally higher is just not convincing. It's just not there. Yeah, not convincing. I mean, we broke out of the downward trend, but uh, I don't. I still don't believe it. I just still don't buy it. Yeah, nothing that the Fed said in their meeting made me think bull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and nothing about what I'm seeing on this stock chart makes me think bull. Did did they talk about? Did they even mention asset reduction? No, nope. The, don't even see that in here. Yep. Yeah, like that's the specter that's in my head that's looming. Like it's it's going to happen. They're not going to just oh well we're we're long term we're holders you know we're going to hold these trillions of dollars <laughs> fucking assets like no they're not they're going to unload them. <laughs> But they're trying to, I think they're trying to do a controlled uh, bear market and not like a big crash. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to just keep the big, tr- a big crash from coming. It's my opinion. Right. But whatever that's worth. <laughs> I mean, well, good luck. I don't know how you do that without injecting liquidity in the markets. Right. Instead of removing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to two, two bears in a China shop. It's really hard to have my bull hat on right now. I gotta say. All right. We got anything else uh, in the general news to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. There is some one area that, uh, that might be able to put your bull hat on. Thanks to this news, marijuana legalization bill nears a house floor vote next week. Really? Uh, I also, I found a, a I found another article that that said that uh, uh, there was a, in I believe in the Senate there was a, also a bill this week unanimously passed that loosened the rules on federal marijuana research for medical reasons mm-hmm. and made it like way easier for doctors to study it. Really? Oh, that's awesome! It's a twofer. It's a twofer. I I did, and, yeah. I, and I will admit, I read about this early in the week. It, it hit my feed. The, the House Rules Committee announced, uh, uh, I guess, I guess thir- Thursday morning is when it hit my feed. Uh, they announced they're going to hold a hearing on the bill on Monday. 
And I read it and my initial thought was, Mm -hmm. what else is new? I always read a story about they're going to release a bill in the House or the Senate. Right. But nothing's done yet. Yeah, they still have to pass it. Yeah. So I'm doing my technical analysis on, on marijuana and I'm like, I'm still bearish. Well, as this article was disseminated, more and more people read, uh, I guess they, they feel like it's got a chance. This, uh, the, it's called the MORE Act, Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement. It's going to remove cannabis from the list of federal controlled substances and eliminate criminal penalties associated with with cannabis. Uh, It's also Mm going to put a federal tax on all marijuana sales that it's going to fund programs to help communities negatively impacted by the war on drugs. It's also it also they want to expunge previous marijuana conviction. Now, this is the same. Is this the same bill that was uh, passed by the House in December of 2020? Uh, I don't believe I believe this is a different bill. I'm reading the article to you. (laughs) It it. It is the same bill. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> so this is the second time it's passed. Yeah, but it failed the Senate. Well, did it, so, so it didn't get a chance to fail the, the Democratic Senate, though, is what I'm, what I'm assuming. No. The, yeah, when it, when it failed was when Republicans held the Senate. Okay. So That's the difference. This time it should be a 50-50 split. And if it gets, yeah, if it gets, if it gets voted on along party lines, then uh, Kamala will have the, uh, the tie-breaking vote, right? Yes. Yeah, and hopefully she'll do the right thing. So there is a shot. There is a chance. We got a chance. Yes, a chance. I sorely misunderestimated in my own trades this week, but I'll get into that later. <laughs> we get to stocks. <laughs> <laughs> last, uh, last story I got is just one real quick. In Florida, of all places, Florida, coming out with some news where I'm like, really? Florida's doing something right. Uh, the governor just mandated financial education in high school, you have to take personal finance. Oh, really? Yeah. Good job, Florida. Yeah. Good job, Florida. I don't say that very often. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's a first on this show. Florida man might no longer be poor. <laughs> <laughs> Still crazy, just not poor. That's what we need. He'll make terrible <laughs> life decisions, but at least he'll have a financial education. Yes. He'll be better informed <laughs> on how to afford his poor decisions. <laughs> Yes. Or Florida women, apologies, apologies, no sexism here. They're all crazy there. No, they did a good thing, and uh, uh, I think that this should yeah. be nationwide, and not even high school. I think uh, even younger is when you start. Yeah, I mean, I it's, keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's the whole reason why I give a kid an allowance, right? It's supposed to teach him financial responsibility. Right, how, how to save to get what you want, delay gratification, yep. right? Manage the funds, and then, very important things to learn. Then again, if if you grow up not getting an allowance because you're too poor, you just don't learn it. Well, yeah. Not that that happened to me, but you richie riches with your allowances. It's just a downer of a thought. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry Aww. to shit on, the, shit on the podcast with my poor upbringing. <laughs> Uh, speaking of shitting on stuff yeah (laughs) wow 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 you know i I, and i was gonna say you know who wouldn't bring her kids up financially ignorant without an allowance (laughs) (laughs) our segues are getting terrible (laughs) (laughs) they're so lazy they're so lazy they're getting so bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're for the time being still proudly brought to you by Sue Bullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. 
Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years experience helping thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchase, refinance, even reverse mortgages, Sue will help. She's licensed in 27 states, so reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her is just give her a call, 520-977-7904, or you can send her an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. That's S-P-U-L-L-E-N, F-O-M-C.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com, and that phone number is 520-977-7904. And if you also grew up without an allowance like Dan and need help understanding uh, personal finance, she's actually a really good uh, resource. She is great at teaching people about credit. Like Dan. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Two Bulls is also proud to be affiliated with Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro? Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Translation, learn to trade like the big institutions. They have a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders. There's no better place we've found to learn all you need to know to be a successful trader. Uh, Running out of breath. (laughs) Uh, You find them online at tradeproacademy.com or you can just use our affiliate link in the episode descriptions. It's a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. And if you join our Discord, we still have discount links. Save yourself a nice 10% on any of those subscriptions. The, The longer we do this... And the more people I talk to that are professionals and successful, Mm -hmm. like Trade Pro has got the course, right? Like nothing has contradicted, like it all supports each each other. They all support each other. Like they're saying the the same things. It's it's phenomenal. I think they just updated a bunch of stuff too. Oh, yeah. So there's, I think there's a bunch of new courses on there. So that's probably going to be my focus for the next couple of months, trying to get through all that material. Yeah. Uh, Likewise, I got to go back through the option stuff. And I, Kyle, I might add the awesome Flary and Leo from Orderflow Labs were kind enough to share their toolkit for, for trading futures on Sierra charts. And they just have some amazing custom studies for structure and execution. Mm-hmm. They got buy sell zones, exhaustion absorption detectors, reconstructed tape. They got something for everybody. Stuff they use themselves in their professional trading to great success. Uh, they're constantly tweaking them mm-hmm. and updating their videos and their how-tos, they're always on their Discord, ready to answer questions. Uh, they, just, they just offer so, so much support. I've seen a lot of live YouTube streams from them too. Yeah, it's so much support there. They want you to succeed with their tools. Uh, so if you are trading futures on Sierra Charts, check out orderflowlabs.com. Whew, all right. Now what? Now what? Now we talk about some stocks. Now it's talk about stocks time Looking for setups and still not advice Big moves, fresh news and earnings All that we're saying is still not advice Stop time Take that, lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, lawyers. Uh, I teased it earlier, so I'd like to lead off talking about uh, Tilray and what went down this week. Oh. If you don't mind. Sure. Do it. So I've been, as, as listeners know, I've, I follow YOLO. Uh, I watch it every day and uh, I often use it to make Tilray options plays based on, you know, what YOLO's doing. I'll be like, okay, YOLO's in a bear trend. Let me look for a put entry on Tilray. YOLO's in an uptrend. Let me look at some calls on Tilray, right? That's yeah. made me a lot of money over the past six months. Just doing that simple thing, and it mm-hmm. really bit me, bit me, bit me today so bad. Oh wow! Look at that volume. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah man if you if you go on the discord you can actually see where i posted some charts and i'm like i'm getting tilray puts it bumped up against this resistance and it held like it shot over it and then fell below it and then was like hitting up on it and i was like yeah this is the entry and maybe like within an hour or two the news got disseminated to everybody and they all felt differently than i did like it's got a shot and Tilray <laughs> shot up from, oh, I want to say it was at like 580 when I bought those puts. And after hours Thursday, it got as high as $8.23. So, you know, almost a 50% move. No big deal. I mean, right now it's at 856 and the volume is only getting higher. And it's only getting higher. Oh. You should have flipped around and flipped the calls and soon as you saw that volume spike. <laughs> After it cleared 750? I didn't have a day trade. Ah, damn you day trades. I I got June expirations and I was like, I may have even said this to you on the audio call, in the audio room that day. And that was, it's not like Tilray's going to go to the moon tomorrow. (laughs) Like, I was comfortable purchasing the puts because I had enough time where I'm like, for these puts to drop. 30, 30 cents a piece it's got to make a big move and that's that's not gonna happen right oh it did right it did it happened there's nothing i could have done about it i couldn't have foreseen it uh and i swear to god if the news hadn't come out this thing would would be at five and i'd be sitting on some tasty gains but the news came out it, that it shit happens I, I mean that it happens sometimes so luckily i was able to get out of it the next day at not not for zero that's good it did though and on levels i'd drawn a long time ago it did make a perfect pullback on friday to 740 i got a 745 i guess it dipped it dipped as low as 729 but that's like the wick on the uh the hourly candle yeah it just dipped and then so the perfect break and retest oh yeah is what i'm saying like and then it got a, a, a somewhat higher high it's right up against a thin spot on the volume right now too and now i've got to make the choice of if i want to keep playing this when they vote on the house Here's the thing. It's like an earnings call. If they vote and it goes through the Senate, shit's going to keep going. Yeah, that seems like one you probably sit out unless you're basically doing it lotto style. Yeah. Or even maybe uh, it might be a good option for a strangle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, there you go. There's a good way, good way to play it. If you, if, you, if you zoom out and look at the weekly, you, you, can, you can see why I was so bearish before this week. Yeah. Still feel good, you know, uh, talking earlier. It's not an ugly, but anyway, that would, that, I feel like that would be a good, good idea. Like straddle or strangle. The uh, $9 area is right at the edge of the, the, the larger cloud, the 4870 cloud. And uh, that's in the thin volume spot. Yeah. I want to see if it gets up to 10 again and then how it reacts at 10. I would expect that to, to serve as a resistance. But if it can break above that, then things start to look pretty nice on the upside yeah tilray their 52 week high i think is 2413 yeah 2413 so they've got some room above they really do did you want to talk about one of yours or should i finish mine up uh i can talk about bed bath and beyond yeah let's uh let's hear about some bed bath and beyond i think we mentioned ryan cohen rc ventures taking a stake they bought about 9.8 percent of the company. Uh, also bought a shitload of January 2023 call options. I think they were the 60 and $80 strikes, mm. which is kind of an 
interesting price target. But uh, the news that came out uh, pre-market on Friday was that uh, the RC Ventures and Bed Bath & Beyond have uh, come to an agreement to bring on three new directors onto the board. Okay. Uh, so that would be Mrs. Bowen, Mr. Rosenzweig. Oh, they also announced that Mr. Bowen, Mrs. Bowen and Mr. Rosenzweig would join a four-member strategy committee focused on employing alternatives to unlock greater value from the company's buyback banner, uh, bye-bye baby banner. God, there's a lot of hmm. fucking tongue twisters in there. The bye-bye baby banner. Yeah, so more interest in uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. Still having trouble getting past 25. There was a bounce up against it today, I think. Uh, not quite to 25 again. Uh, I think if we can ever see it pop up above that, then we might be looking at 27 and 30s targets. But it's sitting at about $22 support, and it's been holding that recently. The day-to-day ended with a nice doji, so it's something that I'm just kind of watching to see. That 22 fails, I like to see if it comes back down and retest 1750. Uh, I tried making that play earlier, but uh, it did not work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's still got a little bit of a gap left to fill, but it's hard to be bearish on this stock now. I like I like Ryan Cohen. I think I've been a fan of him for since we started this show. It's starting to really ride mm. that uh, that that uh, shorter term cloud, isn't it? Did you just show me some dark pool volume? Yeah, if you wanted to talk about it, you can see the dark pool volume is getting bigger. That is very interesting. So yeah, more more interest all around the board. Yeah, BBBY. That's something I'm still still watching. Yeah, I know. There's a there's like a 20 cents difference between where the gap really was and where it came down to. But I think I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and count that in my eyes. Like gap has been filled. Yeah, I guess that we should. Yeah, I should have uh, probably cut my position there, but I was targeting. I think I was targeting 18 mm-hmm. and it never quite hit my target, but I ended up having to cut it. I think I made the right decision, though. Yeah. And I think we just had another pullback. I mean, it's the, the March, March, March 7th jump. Which I believe included a large dark pool purchase. I think I think that was just it got a little out of hand on the news and the FOMO, but that the interest is still there and it still has room to run. Yeah. Well, the the big sell off at thirty. I mean, you look how much time it spent consolidating there back in you know July, August, back in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just tells you that there's a lot of people that bought it, you know, thirty that <laughs> just want to get out now. Right. The price <laughs> is back up to thirty. I could get out and not have lost. <laughs> That's why these levels work so well. When you look for these rotations and you price gets back up into them. That's why technical analysis is so powerful it's because you got to think of it like the mindset of somebody who bought or sold in those areas. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're the one to buy it there, you're left holding the bag and it drops down to 12 and then hits 30 again one day. Like, yeah, you're, you're cutting your position. Oh yeah. And just getting out at break even and pretending like it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't dump it already and you still have right. it, that's when you're letting it go. Yep. Oh yeah. Right, next. Uh, the next one I, I've got, uh, Two I could talk about, uh, Microsoft or Kohl's. Uh, let's hear about Microsoft. Yeah, I kind of want to talk about Microsoft. Uh, okay, so big uh, big story coming out uh, about Microsoft. A former employee named Yasser Elabd, forgive my Arabic pronunciation, it's completely uninformed. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, working for Microsoft for their business investment fund in Africa. And he came across, the first thing he came across uh, that caught his eye was a payment that to a customer named in the request for the payment uh, wasn't actually a customer. He's like, why are we paying this this person? Uh, they're not on our internal client list. What's this money 
where, where are we investing this money? Mm -hmm. And he, he looked into it and it was, they were giving it to a former Microsoft employee who had been fired for poor performance huh. that, uh, and, and he, it, it had happened so recently that company rules should have barred the thing from ever being approved. Uh, and he did, so he described it as a more like a bribe than a proper business request. Right. And when he pushed for more details, uh, other managers pushed back and never got more details. So he started looking out for more. And so in like the following two years, he, he was doing, he was trying to stop this, but uh, it, it didn't work. And they eventually fired him. He estimates more than $200 million a year. Microsoft spends on bribes and kickbacks in, in Africa and the Middle East. Wow. That's a lot yeah. of money. Well, he, 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 a few specific examples. Um, he saw the, a contractor for the Saudi interior ministry receive a $13 million discount on its software, but the, the discount never actually made it to the customer. Huh. So like the, the interior, the, the Saudi, the Saudi government bought a bunch of software qualified for the discount. Microsoft gave the discount. But the Saudi interior ministry never got it. Just kept it. <laughs> it just disappeared. Uh, oh, I guess another thing. Oh. Yeah, just disappeared. Uh, or, or yeah, somebody kept it, but it wasn't that department itself. It wasn't the customer right? in that department. Or <laughs> somebody in the <laughs> chain kept the money. And I guess in, in Qatar, uh, the Ministry of Education was paying uh, $9.5 million a year for Office and Windows licenses that never that were never installed. They were just paying for licenses. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So this isn't Microsoft bribing other people. This is employees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah, he's saying it's likely that money was split between the government, the subcontractor, and any Microsoft employees in on the deal. Yeah. That so it's happening with micro so Microsoft employees are like in on it. Right. But maybe not necessarily from the top down, but enough of them to where he as senior management was like elbowed out of conversations and, and pushed away. Right. Because I'm, I'm assuming it, it sounds like it's pretty easy. So I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming nobody wants him to cancel the parade. What are you doing? <laughs> so apparently this kind of corporate bribery is widespread problem internationally. The World Economic Forum estimate, estimates more than a trillion dollars lost to, to this kind of shit each year. And, uh, and this guy can just estimate he, he doesn't have all the, all the details. Like he, he got frozen out, but definitely seems to be happening. And, and I'll say in 2019, Microsoft did pay 25 million to settle claims of foreign bribery. So it's not like Microsoft doesn't have a track record. <laughs> wow. Looking at Microsoft stock. Yes. It is right up against the resistance at 305 and volume is decreasing. Uh, this is looking like, this is not looking very bullish either. Yeah, they're coming off of their highs of almost 350. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. And I, we, last time we talked about Microsoft, we drew that line. It didn't make a new lower low on this latest, on the latest drop, but this rally, and then this rally did clear the previous high. So, I mean, it kind of looks like it should be like starting a, uh, a bullish trend, but I just don't like the way the volume has been dropping on this as it rotates around just below this 305 resistance. Mm -hmm. Now, if we can get above that, then uh, maybe we can see a pushback up towards, you know, like 315, 316. Uh, if not, then, you know, watch for this to fall to 300, maybe even 290 again. 
yeah, looking looking at the weekly paints a more clear picture, I think. Yeah, that definitely looks a lot more bearish. It's been trying to break really solid breakthrough and stay under that support. I'm looking at an ascending triangle I identified back in March of 2021, basically a year ago. Why didn't I trade that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a... <laughs> I gotta send you this image. <laughs> What? How did I find that and not do anything with it? Post it on the Discord for everybody with the story. I will. <laughs> so we can all enjoy that together. Yeah, I I still see if on the weekly candles, we are still making lower lows and yep. I yep. get I guess this is a slightly higher high, but it's right in the the fucking ballpark we had 4 weeks ago, the high was 303.13. So we're like 50 cents higher. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely definitely feeling bearish on Microsoft. Uh, if I can pop above that I think if we can pop above that three oh five, then you know we can talk. But yeah. As it stands right now, I would be looking on the I'd be looking for the downside on this right now. I think it's incredible is we talked about this like a month or two ago and we set up these levels and they're still like they're still working. That's volume profile for you. Power of technical analysis. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have a couple of stocks uh, tickers to talk about. Uh, all right. Well, the first one I want to talk about is AMD. Uh, I think we've had a love-hate relationship with AMD since we've been doing this. Yes. Uh, since the highs that were posted on November 30th, uh, you can draw a really nice trend line on the daily. And you can see that earlier this week, or basically the beginning of this week, it broke up above that trend line, came back, kind of kissed it, and is now it looks like it's trying to push and uh, reverse that trend, that bearish trend that had been going on for you know last three, four months. Uh, candle today, not that great. I uh, still don't really want to do anything with it yet until it can put in a new higher high. So I would prefer to see, you know, 124 get mm -hmm. uh, broken and retested before I try to do anything with it. I will be watching probably around that area to see because there is a nice little shelf on the volume profile around 123.5. Uh, see if uh, it can clear that or if it's going to fall back again. Yeah. It looks like it's trying to turn things around. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Thursday's volume was really solid. Thursday's volume is really solid. I don't like the doji it printed today. Yeah. That's usually not a good sign for <laughs> a trend to continue when you get a really thin body on a candle and very uh, extended wicks and tails. Yes. Uh, that, that signifies indecision and the fight. So can move it's going to move one way or the other um the other one i wanted to look at and this isn't uh, a particular stock this is actually the uh the spy oh yeah kind of a similar similar deal if you look at the high posted on january 4th and draw a nice trend line down connecting the tops of the previous highs as it's been falling uh you can see that march 15th ish somewhere around there we failed to put in a new lower low that point we reversed on the 17th, it broke above that trend line and it has just been pushing up and pushing and pushing. Uh, it's up uh, tagging one or 353 today, I think is uh, almost 453, 453 today. But the story that this that you don't get looking at the price action is looking at the volume. Mm hmm. And looking at the volume since this uh, this move really started, you had one day of good volume and the rest has just been slowly dying off to the point. Where, I mean, it's almost like the volume on the on the, the spy, the volume on the ES, like all of it has been really weak. And this just kind of ties in with what I think we were seeing in those uh, articles that we pointed to in the news. I just don't believe that institution is behind this. Uh, institutional money is behind this push. Uh, that to me scares me for <laughs> when institutional money decides to get involved. 
that 353 that we're pushing at right now is on a very big shelf. 453. Four, sorry, that 453 resistance that we're bumping up against right now uh-huh. coincides with a really big shelf on the volume profile. I maybe see this push a little bit higher, but uh, I, I'm I've got my bear hat on for for real. Yeah, same here. I've been I've been noticing it all week. I'm like, why is it going up? Because I you know I've been playing the spy scalps. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> this is shit volume why are you going up you think you think any day of the week i could have just gotten fucking calls that's kind of what it looks like <laughs> <laughs> this this week all over the place like no matter what the charts told me like i made the wrong move and i don't feel bad about it it, it just reaffirms that whole like you're playing probabilities and odds and over time you're gonna have a week right. where just everything is turns to shit you're gonna have a week where everything turns to gold i actually i think i did play some spy calls this week i think i played puts and calls at different points this week uh that's that's one thing that you do have to keep in mind that's a good point you bring up it is all odds and percentages like the spike could rip tomorrow and all you know next week to all new highs yep like we just don't know what the market's going to want to do but the way things are looking right now i think there's a higher probability that uh, we look at that we're going to be seeing some tops getting put in on this most recent move here soon you can never know you're right unless you have illegal info you can only just have an edge. You, you never know you're right until after the fact. Yep. Right. Ah, all right. Well, did we get through them all? I think we got through them. All right. Should we talk about some uh, earnings? We got any earnings? We- uh, there's there's some earnings. We got uh, on the 29th, uh, MU, uh, McCormick's, MKC, Chewy, Lulu. Uh, on the 30th, uh, Paychex, PayX, uh, Five Below, FIVE. On the 31st, Walgreens, Boots Alliance, and BlackBerry. But that was all that really stuck out to me mm. getting to the the thin points again i suppose that brings us to crypto yeah let's do some crypto i got some crypto in my wallet hanging out on my ethereum blockchain yeah i got some crypto in my Yeah, you rock it, Brasaurus. You rock it. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> creating songs is much easier when you have people to sending you help. <laughs> it sure is. Really streamlines the process when other people do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like I was just talking, so if you want to lead us off of crypto. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have a huge story, but uh, I did find one on Coindesk that uh, Russia announced during or i should say suggested during a news conference that they're considering uh, bitcoin as a way to let people pay for their oil and other exports mm. this caused bitcoin to spike above forty-four thousand, although they were already tracking upside moves that the equities market was making mm-hmm. uh still though safe havens like gold and the dollar also rose thursday suggesting some caution among global investors uh we were talking about this exact thing like can they use cryptocurrency to evade sanctions so somebody in russia is suggesting they they can and i don't see how this will play out 
I am a little more dubious. In fact, uh, that kind of ties in a little with what my story is. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, seems to maybe come around a little bit or softened her stance on on crypto. Uh, oh yeah, never. She, she suggested before that Bitcoin is overblown, mm-hmm. uh, but the recent comments that she made uh, in an interview with CNBC that while she still has some apprehension, her current attitude is not wholly negative. Quote this article. Oh, okay. Yeah, back in 2018, she said she was not a fan, <laughs> pointing to a dearth of transactions on the network and a supposed surfeit of illicit transactions. Uh, most recently, what she her comments were, uh, I have a little bit of skepticism because I think there are valid concerns about it. The outlet. Some have to do with financial stability, consumer investor protection, use for illicit transactions, and other things. On the other hand, there are benefits from crypto, and we recognize that innovation in the payment system can be a healthy thing. She also suggested that uh, the Bitcoin and digital assets are not a fad. Crypto has obviously grown by leaps and bounds, <laughs> and it's now playing a significant role, not really so much in transactions, but investment decisions in a lot of, of a lot of Mer- Americans. Yeah. So the th- author of this uh, article is positing that her change in tone may be because of the lack of evidence or the evidence contrary to her big ticket worries. The criminal enter- enterprises still prefer cash for money laundering given blockchain's traceability in experiments with Lightning Network by El Salvador and financial payment firm Block could yet lead to greater use in transactions. Huh. So the her taking more of an interest in this, I think, comes from President Biden's uh, um, executive order he issued, uh, was it this month or last month? I thought it was this month. Yeah. To, to start with the process of creating a regulatory framework for the crypto industry. But it's interesting to me to see that Janet Yellen seems to be softening her stance a little bit on this. She's she's gone from sell to don't buy. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's... <laughs> she's gone from frigid to, to cold, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's still not a fan. She probably never will be. The Grinch's heart grew half a size. That's all we got. Uh, that's Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still it's still positive for the space to have somebody like Janet Yellen coming out and saying that there are positives. Yes, yes, we're clearly headed in a digital direction with all the currencies. Yes. So mm-hmm. I I think I think what's beginning to happen is as they come to understand things through the digital dollar that they're setting up, they're realizing like, okay, no, okay, the eco space it's already been developed. We don't need to redo it. Like they're already doing it good. Let's fucking right all right let's as time goes on it'll be more and more like we like the u.s dollar coin will be released through fucking the exchanges that already exist you know <laughs> maybe the federal reserve will set up its own crypto exchange uh, maybe well maybe maybe not that's interesting because the, the government usually doesn't i i guess we would need to get like eric mason back on to really dive into that question like how often does the government set up shop alongside private industries because there's no like sec stock exchange right like they don't run their own exchange no they just oversee the regulations and rules so it should be something similar to that yeah i think she she ended her uh her goal uh she said was to provide recommendations that will create regulatory environment in which healthy innovation occurs so i think they're recognizing that the crypto industry has innovation i think they just want to come up with an environment that protects them from the you know pitfalls that they see or provide some sort of investor protection still don't know what that means but it's seeming less like trying to stamp it out and more like trying to foster a way to allow it to grow into what or mature into whatever it's going to end up being. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I think I said a lot of words that <laughs> you said a lot <laughs> okay, of words. I, I was listening to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear this? Draw a bitch. Oh, no, no.
Call me Hans, because I'm not first. Uh, Kyle, you know, it's pretty funny. I think the good that I did this week was following your one of your traits. Hey, that's my good, too. Bristol Meyer Squib, BMI. Not not because the trade was profitable, but because you were talking about on the Discord, and I got on there and looked at the charts myself and was like, saw exactly what you were seeing and was like, you know what? This is solid trade. It fits within my risk management parameters. I'm going in. And I held it. It had a dip. And we, we both independently were like, this is a great time to add. And we both added. And then it fucking paid yep. off. The other great thing, too, is being taking profit without thinking about it. I mean, well, I think you kind of hemmed and hawed over whether or not to. I did. I did. But I hit a point where I realized if I exit all of them now, I will have made hit my profit target for two trades. And I considered adding the second one, a second trade. I know it's one trade. But in terms of my risk management, like, right, I'm going to risk am I, if I'm risking more money. What am I risking? OK, I will risk another thirty dollars counted as two trades in my head. But it was it was an informed trade. It wasn't like revenge trading wasn't desperate. It was, you know, I was able to be calm when I did it. And like, yeah, yeah, going to add this. And uh, the moment the moment I put it together and I was like, oh, I would profit that much if I just exit it. Boom. I, I was gone. I was done. I was out within seconds. And I kind of had the same thought today, too. Mm hmm. Um, I took, I trimmed, uh, I mean, let's see, I had added to my position and I cut those at, uh, about, uh, 50% gain, I think on the ones that I added. Mm -hmm. And then I trimmed the majority of my position. Let's see, I think the cost, the average cost to getting in was like 96 for me. And then I sold, uh, the bulk of them at like a dollar 70. Yeah. And then I had, you know, two runners left to see where they go. And then I was looking at it and I was like, okay, even without the runners, like I made 16% on this trade. Like, that's pretty good. Like I can sell these runners at break even and still be up, you know, a really good amount. Like anything more than a anything more than zero is just bonus at this point. But then I started looking at the spy charts and I was like, you know what? I don't really want to carry that much risk over this weekend, even though these are June dated calls. Yeah. You know, if it comes back down to my levels again, I'll just buy it again there. So, yeah, I cut another one of my runners. I just have one now. Oh, what was your bad? I think I I think I only had uh, my my bad was my execution of the the spy scalp and my ugly was my execution of the spy scalp. <laughs> Both. I haven't, you know, I looking at my journal and and my log. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it was bad because on the 22nd, the scalp was telling me to get calls. I got puts. That was bad. Right. And then the next day on the 23rd, the scalp was saying get calls and I got puts and that was ugly. And it's like, uh, this is the importance of journaling. And it's, I can mm -hmm. sit here and look at it right now and be like, what was I doing? What got in my brain? Like I convinced myself <laughs> looking at the charts that day to not try and use that edge. Right. And I turned what would have been two winners into two losers. And uh, that's, is, you know, and thanks to journaling, I'm able to reflect on that and share it with you all. Uh, uh, you got to trade to plan, right? The executor right. failed that day. The executor yep. failed that day. Uh, uh, and I need to go out and get the actual hats. So in the morning, I can set up the plans with one hat and then I can switch hats and it'll be easier to remind myself, no, Dan, you're executor, Dan. You don't get to do any planning right now. There's one, you have one job. You, <laughs> it's to execute right. the fucking plan. <laughs> oh, did, did, uh, did you have an ugly? I had a bad and an ugly. Ooh. 
my bad was my futures trading on uh, the 23rd. I think that was Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, I took three trades that morning. All of them were at the same level that I identified in the morning. Uh, the first trade I thought was good. I had the momentum on my side, but my stop management was not very good at that point, but I still walked away with the one point gain. The problem was when I took the same level and tried to reshort it two more times and ate two more stops. Oof. I had good levels, but the problem with those second two was that I saw that there was strength in Apple and in this day and age, like if Apple's going up, then, you know, the spy is going up, ES is going up, if Apple's going down, then it's like, you need to have Apple on the direction of the trade that you're trying to make at this point, at this time and this day. Yes. Yes. Uh, I did not have that on those other two trades. Mm. So instead of looking for shorts at that point, I should have been looking for longs. Uh, I did manage to stop before I turned that into what I would consider an ugly. Um, but my ugly has to do with the trading bot and the auto flatten feature that I was supposed to have enabled. So that way, uh, if we get to that, you know, 15 minute window when nothing's allowed to trade. Mm hmm that I wouldn't be holding any positions through that. Um, yeah, that wasn't actually turned on and I ended up holding something through. <laughs> uh, I think this was, I can't remember which day of the week it was, but uh, yeah, it had me kind of panicking a little bit. Because not only did it not uh, flatten the position, but all of my bracket orders were, uh, you know, good for day. So <laughs> once 4.15 uh, Eastern time hit, and the market closed for that 15 minutes, uh, my take profit and my stop losses were all gone. I was just stuck with the position. Oh, fuck. That's scary. Yeah. So I was able to, to flatten it uh, for, I don't know. It was, I think it was still a slight win on that last lot. Luckily, it took profit on the other two. But uh, yeah, why did I wait to verify that? I didn't even verify that until today. I finally like had a position on, made sure that was enabled and watched to make sure it actually closed it out when it was supposed to. But when you're talking about that kind of risk, especially like if that would have happened today and I didn't notice it earlier in the week, I could have been stuck holding, you know, three contracts over the weekend. <laughs> no idea which way it was going to go. You know, gap quite a bit on those features. Uh, you're talking about a lot can happen in two days. Yeah. So yeah, that could have been really bad. Luckily it wasn't, but uh, that, I attribute that to luck and not proper planning and execution. <laughs> oh, you got to love a little luck. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on. Should we uh, make, make a bet pick? I need it, want to beat it, going to win it if I take it from you. I'm filling my positions, quit your bitch and random's gonna lose. Got a chart full of levels and a stop that's not too tight. It's bet picking time in the shop, so pick them right. Um, I thought I had one, but now I don't remember what it was. Oh. Well, because I think you're going to take mine is the problem. And I think you should be the one to take it because you're closest to uh, catching random. Okay. All right. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm assuming SPXS was the one you're, you're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> triple leverage bear yeah. fund. Yes. Ah, triple leverage bear fund. No stops. For the, the win. Can, can I buy it pre-market? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Not the rules. No. Oh, fuck. Can I buy calls? <laughs> I wish. That's SPXS. Okay. Well, there you go. No stop loss. Close it out at 24. 24. 50. 2450? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, if it hits 2430, 
and then <laughs> just tanked I, when the, the, the market rallies. <laughs> <be> so pissed. <laughs> right? Jen, you son of a bitch. We could have beaten random. Um, God, I was thinking about shorting your CNC after looking at the way the volume is dying on it. Yeah. Not, uh, it's kind of like in Johnson & Johnson, but that's not big enough. That's not going to move nearly enough. I think I need something that can really move, and really the best shot I got is probably Bed Bath & Beyond or AMC. Which one looks better? AMC is at least flagging with renewed interest. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with AMC. You know, some of my biggest wins last, last year were AMC. It looks like, uh, I mean, there's been some renewed interest since the 22nd, like some good volume coming into it. Uh, it's back up above the downward trend line that had been established for basically since the uh, initial spike in June of last year. Uh, I think we speculated on... Okay, can I try and convince you to short AMC? Nope. No? No, not with the volume going up like that. Can we get a side bet going? <laughs> on what? <laughs> on whether or not AMC, how AMC does. AMC looks pretty bullish to me right now. Yeah, and I'm making a bearish case for it right now in my eyes. Yes, I want to wager 25 fake dollars that AMC prints a red weekly candle next week. All right, I'll take that bet. All right, all right. Should I spit my hand? We shake on it? Just spit on your mic. Okay. <laughs> all right, there we go. <laughs> Gentleman's bet. 25 fake dollars. I should probably have a take profit on this just in case, too. 25. Show me 25. I'll get out. Do half at 25 and then move our stop to break even. Okay. You're dreaming. I know. You're fucking dreaming. Dream big. Everybody just spent their tax return on it, Kyle. That's why I didn't make a higher high on Friday. I don't think they've all got them back yet. Okay. All right. What's, uh, what's our random going to be? Technology. NASDAQ tech. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the sectors that was up on Friday on call volume. <laughs> Need one with enough volume. Uh, GAN limited. G-A-N. Looks like uh, Random is continuing its job of picking bottoms. Oh, son of a bitch. It's after a gap down from a bad earnings. I think we could just say this week is already over. <laughs> this week is over. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, what did they say in their earnings call that made it gap down and then like the buy volume just surged? Uh, everyone was probably already short at that point. It's still not back up to where it was before the earnings. It's just kind of filling that gap, it looks like. Good. I just, I just don't like the volume. Uh, at least it's coming down. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Tune in next week for the thrilling conclusion. Yeah, the foregone conclusion. The foregone conclusion. Is it still thrilling to watch Secretariat win? <laughs> <laughs> Random is not secretariat, damn it. This month it is. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for joining us, but uh, we got to kick you on out of here. Good news is uh, you don't have to go home. Go wherever you like, just not here. Uh, <laughs> until we catch you next time. <laughs> Happy trades. Bye, folks. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.